0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: An insider's look at the National Football League. It's NFL Lunch. Presented by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan.
2: Time to feed you some football as NFL lunch here on Vinny and Haney Cordell Woodland here for Bob still with Vinny Serrato quick draw McGraw behind the glass. We've got one last hour of today's show before inside access takes over at two o'clock on this woman crush Wednesday. We're efforting to get Evan Washburn right now. Uh, He he covers he's the CBS reporter. I believe he'll be on the sidelines for the game Sunday night uh, when the Niners and Chiefs square off in Vegas for this year's Super Bowl. And Vinny, just looking at this game, I mean, these are t- – the one thing I am happy about is that we will have two of the best teams in the NFL. I yes. still stand by – I think I think the Ravens were the best team in football. Obviously, they didn't play like that in yep. the AFC Championship game, but I, I still believe they were the best team in the league this year. But I do believe we're getting two top five teams at worst
1: in this year's Super Bowl. I agree with that. I think I think this about the game. I think San Francisco's more talented. Kansas City's playing better. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. I mean, even in the postseason, the the two I look. I think the second half of the NFC Championship game, it was different. You know, they they definitely uh, turned it up on the Lions in that one. I wasn't impressed with the Niners at all uh, in the in Packers. the win over the Packers. No. That one. I mean, really, Green Bay gave them
1: that game. And well, uh, you could say the, the Lions, Lions did too. Definitely I mean, if he kicks the field goals, goes up three scores, yeah. is it yeah. a totally different game then? That that's the thing. I mean, the Niners have had trouble stopping the run. Yeah. Um, so Pacheco is going to be a, a big and Kansas City's had trouble stopping yeah, the run. They have. So it, it'll the team that can run the ball will probably be the team that can win this game.
2: Joining us now via the WGK Law guest hotline from CBS Sports and also does some work for the Ravens. He'll be on the sidelines come Sunday night in the Super Bowl. We've got Evan Washburn joining us. What's going on, Evan?
3: Hey, guys. All good here in Vegas, man.
2: Oh, I bet. I I bet it is uh, all good out there. Cornell
1: was supposed to have been there (laughs) if the Ravens won.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, it won't be the first time I've I've been disappointed. (laughs) Uh, Evan, we were just talking about this matchup, which we think is still a good one, even though the Ravens won't be in there. I think you you can do far worse than getting the Niners and the Chiefs on the field for this year's Super Bowl. We were just talking about just the tail of the tape between these two teams, and Vinny said it the best, really. The Niners are the better team, but the Chiefs are playing better right now.
3: Couldn't agree more. And I would say the Chiefs are playing better because they have – Uh, one of the best defenses in the NFL and they have the new version of Tom Brady at quarterback. So I think those two things, and they have an identity and a confidence in playing multiple styles of games, but I would argue, and this goes to being the better team when San Francisco's at their best, I think their best is better than Kansas city's best.
1: Hey Evan, were, were you the one that asked Harbs at after halftime, you know when Harb said we need to run the ball more.
3: I mean, I did do an on-camera interview with him at halftime of the AFC Championship game, and I do remember him mentioning the run game when when I referenced what needed to change offensively. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think that is that's accurate.
1: I guess it was in one ear, not the other, right, Evan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, you guys
3: have been breaking it down. I imagine all week. Uh-huh. I'm still, I'm, I'm still sort of, I, I'm kind of going around on, on the the reasons why, and Vinny, you would know. I mean, it, it seems to me that the best explanation is that they were providing run-pass options and they were taking the pass option and yeah. it should have been just designed run out of the gate.
1: Uh, yeah, you're probably probably right there. And we kind of talked about it. And the fans, they were upset. They wanted, you know, two guys get get it when the team loses, as you know, the head coach and the quarterback. So they, they kind of got... Uh, Got taken to the to the woodshed a little bit.
3: No doubt, it's uh, it's the the price of doing business. <laughs> hey,
1: so, uh, what are you looking forward to most about uh, the Super Bowl? Because there's some pretty good stories, and uh, you know what I learned? You can't ever bet against Mahomes.
3: Couldn't agree with you more. Um, thankfully, I'm not betting on this game, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, me either. I don't uh, bet. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think what I'm looking forward to most is. The chess match between Kyle Shanahan and Steve Spagnolo. I, I think his 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 season Spagnolo, is a masterpiece, and what he's this is his best sort of canvas since uh, paint job since probably the Giants group that he won that Super Bowl and upset um, Tom Brady and the Patriots. So I think that that back and forth to me will be fascinating over the course of four quarters. And then see what Brock Purdy does on this stage. Because yeah. you're right, Mahomes is in a different stratosphere. He'll be as comfortable as a player can be in the sport's biggest game. And Brock Purdy's been flatlined his entire time as a starter. But this will be different. And I'm looking forward to, one, talking to him later this week and getting a sense of how he manages his ner- nerves and emotions and then how that uh, manifests itself on the field on Sunday afternoon.
2: We're talking to Evan Washburn, who joins us via the WGK Law Guest Hotline, as Vinny and Haney on 105.7 Defend. And Evan, that Chiefs defense—it's—it's it's, it's been really good this year. It's been elite this year, and a lot of people, I, st- I think, are still catching on to that. I think it obviously showed uh, in that win over the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. But people still think of Patrick Mahomes and this offense when you start talking about the Chiefs, when you look at that Chiefs defense and how they match up against all those weapons that the Niners have offensively, do you think they'll be able to hold their own come Sunday?
3: I mean, if they're able to do what they did against Baltimore, absolutely. They can hold their own. And that, that again, goes back to how does Kyle design the game plan to not fall victim to what that defense does so well, which is disguise how they're covering, whether they're blitzing, how they're blitzing, where those blitzes are coming from. Because when you talk to guys with the Chiefs, I mean, that Rolodex that, that Spagnolo has employed, and it takes a while to get command of it. And I think that's why you've seen the defense get better over the course of the season and now playing their best ball. They've got so much in the arsenal that they can throw at any offense. And, and that's going to kind of be the, the approach with, the 49ers and it starts with start uh, stopping McCaffrey because I I wouldn't expect San Francisco to, to do what Baltimore did, which is allow the chiefs to the chiefs defense to take them out of their desire to run.
1: Evan, where will you be located for CBS on Sunday and your duties?
3: So I'll be covering the 49ers. We have dual sidelines for this one, much like last week in Baltimore. So Tracy Wilson will have the chiefs and I'll be with the Niners
1: who you be looking, I guess whoever's, uh, you'll be getting all the little tidbits on the sidelines. Is that what uh, kind of they want you to do?
3: Yeah, look, I always say the, the bigger the game, the less you're probably required to do, but whatever you do is magnified times 100. So my view of it is if you're covering the 49ers sideline, there better not be one thing, whether it's an injury, an equipment issue, an emotional outburst, something that that could impact the game, that information cannot be missed, whether it's relayed to the booth in a commercial break or over the air uh in an on air report. Those those things are are critical in these big games.
1: Evan, just be watching for the Niners, you know, if it's a tight game in a fourth quarter, see if Moody's peeing down his leg.
3: <laughs> well that's where, that's where it's great. We got uh we got Jay Feely, the former NFL oh, kicker. Okay. Uh, we're the, we we employ a special teams analyst. I was thinking about that, uh, Vinny, because, yeah, it, weeks one through 18, I've got to take on weatherman and uh, special teams to some regard, kicking distances, target lines. And we've had some wild ones. We had the game this year where the Texans kicker got hurt, so they had the running back doing kickoffs. Mm-hmm. And so it it is wild. So that's where mm-hmm. – it's nice to have Jay Feely here. He can take all that uh, all that kicker stuff.
1: All right, I'll give you a little nugget. In 94, we had a rookie kicker, too, when we won the Super Bowl, Doug
3: Bryan. And
1: now they got a rookie kicker again. Maybe they'll win the Super Bowl.
3: That's right. And the Ravens had a rookie kicker in 2012, and uh, he was up in the moment.
2: Well, Evan, obviously this is a big game on Sunday. You mentioned it earlier. It's tough to go against Mahomes. Are you going with the Chiefs in this one, or do you think the Niners will be able to get round two?
3: So I mean, I, we're not supposed to pick, and I don't really mm. care. I just hope it's like our boss said at a uh, media availability yesterday. We're we're rooting for double overtime. That'd yeah. be nice. Uh, <laughs> That'll be about
1: eleven I, o'clock.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, we're on the Pacific time, so it, it'll work out well here. Um, I, I just look. I, I think it it lines. Uh, this would be my fourth Super Bowl doing sidelines. These games are so odd. They're long. I mean, then you know this, like. Yeah they're they half hour half time it's great it's like I would argue it there's three games within the game there's like the first wave of emotion and getting through all the nerves whether it's us as broadcasters players on the field and then there's a rhythm that that inevitably picks up and a comfort and then there's halftime and then it all kind of starts over again in the third quarter so I just I see this game as one that's going to have waves of momentum, and I think San Francisco the last two weeks their ability to come from behind, which had been a narrative that statistically has worked against them, they just hadn't been a team that could come from behind. They seem to have put that to bed, so that's that's good in the sense that if Kansas City gets off to a hot start and it's a ten nothing game out of the gate, I think. San Francisco has the, the, the confidence that, hey, we've been in this spot before. We know this is an extremely long game. A lot of players, a lot of starters were part of that 2019 game. So I, I just see this game as a matchup that, that hopefully is one that has swings of momentum and, and comes down to a possession late.
2: Well, as a guy that has no skin in this game either, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm just hoping for a great game, possibly the best Super Bowl we've seen to this point. That That's all I can ask for. Evan, appreciate your time, man. Enjoy Vegas. Enjoy the game. We'll talk again down the line.
1: Evan, I'll be looking forward to seeing your comments on Sunday.
3: Oh yeah, well tune in, Vinny. It's gonna be. Uh, what T.O. Uh, Co say? Get your popcorn ready, my friend. Well, I'll have my I'll have my
1: uh, white wine ready f- first. Ha- uh, even better. <laughs> Thanks, Evan. Thanks, Evan. Good to be with you guys. Yeah. See you.
2: Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll get back to the Ravens, who unfortunately aren't in this game. Yeah. That'll be played on Sunday. But we'll, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, how this path for the Ravens was set up so perfectly for them this year. And it's got them thinking they can't get back to this point. Can the Ravens get back to this game, to the AFC Championship game next year? We'll look at Call from mom. Answer it.
3: Call silenced.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: next here on The Fan.
1: Vinnie and, Haiti, Vinnie. Vinnie and Haiti, on your home for sports, 1057 The Fan.
2: Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. Cordell Woodland here for Bob Haney here with Benny Serrato. Quick draw McGraw. He's behind the glass. We're going until 2 o'clock right here on The Fan on this Woman Crush Wednesday. We're talking Ravens right now. We just finished talking to Evan Washburn, who's out in Vegas preparing for the Super Bowl. And the the Ravens, they had an opportunity to be in this game. They, they yep. ended up losing 17-10 in the AFC Championship game to Kansas City, at home, by the way. Um, but I'm asking the question of will the Ravens be back in this game next
1: year? I got to see the roster first. You know, I don't know. I mean, as long as you got Lamar, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, that gives you the opportunity. And like you said, you got some key components on defense with Matabique. You got one at every level which which is helpful. You got Matt Abike up front. You got Roquan in the middle. And then you got Kyle Hamilton in the back end. And, you know, we can talk a little bit about Marcus Williams, what you think. You know, he's probably going to have pec surgery. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's played good when he's been healthy, but he hadn't been healthy very much. That's right. that's the biggest problem. And he's making a fortune.
2: Yeah, I thought he played better on the back end of the season. Um, it, You could tell he had – once he started being able to use both his arms, I mean, he, you know, and even some of the things he was able to do with just one arm, at least in coverage, was was pretty decent. Now, he wasn't looking to tackle anybody no, in the no, open no, field no. or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure, he hasn't, and has mainly been to the injuries, like you mentioned, which is crazy because before he got here, injuries weren't an issue for him. And he was so good those first couple of games last yep. year when oh, they when they brought four him picks, in. right? Um yeah so i mean it it's it's crazy to see uh what it's become on the injury front i think he'll be fine if they can just get him to stay healthy that that's yeah. the, and wasn't it both i mean this year was the pec but last year wasn't it the shoulder or something like that i, I feel like it was i think both I are remember. upper body both both of were upper bodies at the time so we'll see but yeah i mean look a lot has to happen for these guys to get back to this point a lot had to happen for them to get there this year Um, And I'm just thinking of some of the teams that weren't in the race this year that usually are. I mean, I guess you can mention the Bengals who had a down year with Burrow and those guys getting hurt. The Bengals don't really concern me, to be honest. I I think the Ravens could take care of the Bengals if they if they had to get past them to get back to this game. Um, Mm I think. Look, we don't know what Houston's going to be. For all we know, Houston's going to take a step back. I, I think the I signs would doubt it point. With the quarterback. Yeah, I mean yeah. the signs. But this was this is exactly what they looked like when Watson was there. They were that high flying, high, high flying offense that's throwing the ball all over the field, putting up a ton of points off the sixty yard touchdown passes. So, and they were good then. So I I I'm not saying that they're going to go down. I just don't know if as good as they could be. I don't know if that'll be the type of team that the Ravens struggle against. Those types of teams when you get to the playoffs and you aren't hitting on those home run plays that you're getting in the regular season, it doesn't usually hit the same.
1: I would think that the Ravens will have trouble with physical teams. And I think Buffalo would be one. Right, right. In the East, I mm-hmm. don't I don't see anybody else. No. Being an issue unless unless Aaron Rodgers is having a phenomenal season because that defense is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Miami, I'm not worried about. I mean, we saw that before right. um, in the South.
2: Other than Houston, I mean Jacksonville, I guess, wow. yeah, maybe Indianapolis, who actually out, you know over they they yeah. overachieved this year uh, mm-hmm. without their quarterback. Who knows what and they can they and they take beat the Ravens right, like you They
1: may take a step back with mm-hmm. Richardson trying to learn. But I think the AFC West is going to be Kansas City's going to be tough. Right. I think Denver will be better depending on what they get at quarterback. You know, I mean, if they could get a Kirk Cousins or something like that, mm-hmm. and then I think the Chargers are going to be better because they're going to be a more physical team. They're going to run the football. Um, so yeah, I think the Ravens are still going to be in hunt. They're going to be one of five or six teams right. that are capable. But I I would think that Cincinnati would have a chance, Cordell, and depending on with is Cleveland, Cleveland, you know, that, that's the thing. What Watson are they getting?
2: I don't think any Watson they get at this stage of his career is going to be a Watson that'll get them to being an AFC contender.
1: He was five and one when he was a starter, yeah. but he didn't really perform that well. Yeah. And you know, they'll have uh They'll have to run him back. Back.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: Well, just depending on how healthy he, right? You know, that's the thing. So yeah. But there's a lot of st- we haven't had free agency. We haven't had a draft. Yeah. There, there's a lot of roster stuff that hadn't been done yet because we don't even know who the Ravens are going to be mm-hmm. yet.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, we don't know what this deep. You know, the defense will probably even whether, whether McDonald was here or not. I thought the defense would take some sort of step back. It can only go down from what they did this year. Offensively, you'd imagine they they be better. I think they'll be better. Year, year two, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I think, think they'll, they'll be better? better
1: and they'll have a better comfort level. But we still don't, you know, is Ronnie Stanley back? And yeah. See, what I would do personally, Cordell, I don't know what you would do is I would hold on to him right now because mm-hmm. I got to go through the draft because I got to have a replacement. Right. So if I don't get a replacement – then I get him as healthy as I can, and I keep my McCarry ready. And then after next year, then I adios him, and, and then actually it, it's not as bad as cap hit, if that's the case. Otherwise, if I draft one and he looks good in mini camp at all, bye bye.
2: Yeah, a sneaky important need for me is still running back.
1: I, I think. Oh yeah, they got I, what kind of back would you get?
2: I want a back. That can play their style. Like I'm not looking for Christian McCaffrey because those guys don't exist unless you're Christian McCaffrey, right? So it's not like I'm looking for one guy.
1: Keaton is probably not going to be back. Maybe November. Yeah.
2: So I'm not. I'm not even dependent on him. So in my mind, I need two backs. I need two backs. I know Justice justice. is there. Yeah. So Justice is always kind of just the safety net, and 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 that's, that's how I would. I would continue to go that way. Um I would look to get two backs and I would get a guy like I brought it up on my show the other night. Zach Moss is intriguing to me. Somebody that's not going to break the bank but you can get a you know a good bang for your buck. Zach Moss was great for the Colts this year. Uh DeAndre Swift, I, now he's probably going to be a little more expensive. He went to the Pro Bowl. He was but he was in that same type of offense with Philly, a mobile quarterback, a lot of read option and stuff like that. Those types of Backs that can hit the hole and, and get more than what's blocked are, are what I would look. for. so I would get a, I would get one out of free agency. Again, I'm not breaking the bank, and I would also, whether it's undrafted or late in the draft, you could get a Frank Gore Jr. late in the draft potentially. I would bring those types of guys in to help fill out the running back room.
1: My biggest thing with my back is speed. For sure, got to have a home run. Sure. He's got to have home run ability, you know, because I think they learned that from Keaton. Mm-hmm. What a difference! That how that makes their offense so much more explosive. So my guy would have to run, and I'm Cordell. I'm going to look at the combine and you know at the running backs who runs you know fast, Mm -hmm. and and then kind of go from there. But they're probably already doing that. Oh, I'm sure. But the the problem is is so, you know the problem is with the Chargers is that Joe Hortiz knows all their grades and everything else. So it's it's hard. Because, or t, you know, they, they're they going to like the same kind of players mm-hmm. as the Ravens. They're going to have the same grades as the Ravens. Jim Harbaugh is going to do want to do the same stuff, you know, because G-Row's out there. They're yep. going to want old linemen. They're going to want running backs. They're going to want fullbacks. They're going to want tight ends. That's what they're going to want.
2: You think they'll go? I mean, I guess you can't, a, a leopard can't change his spots, but you think they'll go more to that heavy stuff? Because I'm still kind of baffled. I understand g Giro's a gym guy, but I don't know if he's going to be a Herbert guy. I, I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head yeah, around I'll, I'll be the Chargers.
1: Well, they have Joe Brady, who is pass game coordinator. So I think that g Giro is the play caller, but I think there's more influence mm-hmm. on the pass from other people and Jim, you know, and I think, you know, Jim being the offensive guy and he's been with Giro before, so he understands Mm -hmm. him and he can say, Hey, you know, here's what I want this week. I want, we got to take some deep, we got to do this. He probably is not going to have as much influence because there's so many other offensive guys. Cause John's, you know, not Jim as -hmm. an offensive guy.
2: Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll switch gears, talk some O's. GM Mike Elias. He was on with Inside Access yesterday, he had quite a few interesting things to say. We'll get his thoughts on Jackson Holliday, uh, the Corbin Burns trade, and more next here. On- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs.
0: LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
3: fan your sports information station 1057 the fan
5: wasn't clear whether they were going to trade corbin burns but with our system and you know particularly with having a ready-made shortstop you know seemed pretty clear to me that you know we would have some type of inside track
2: Vinny and Haney's back here on this woman crush Wednesday. Cordell Woodland in for Bob here with Vinny Serato. Quick draw McGraw behind the glass inside access. They're taking over at two o'clock right here on the fan. Speaking of inside access, we just played you some audio from Orioles GM, Mike Elias, who was on with inside access yesterday, talking about that Corbin Burns deal, among other things, which we'll hear more from Mike Elias about in a second, but huge deal for the O's to go out there and, get a bona fide ace. This is a guy that's a former Cy Young winner. I think yeah. he led the led all major pitchers, uh all majors pitchers in whip last year. I mean, he's a stud. He's a bona fide stud. He's the best pitcher they have in their rotation right now. And you know, I don't pitching was a big deal in the postseason last oh. year. It was a huge deal. Oh among for other three. things. Yeah. yeah, among other things. I'm not just blaming the pitching, but that had a lot to do uh, with what on, with what went on in those games last October, I'm imagining Corbin Burns, who only has one year left on his deal and is most likely a rental deal because he's a Scott Boras agent. We'll see. I mean, a Scott Boras client. Um, but I think that this is a home run type of trade.
1: Yeah, and I think it was good for both teams because what it what did Milwaukee need? they they couldn't afford to pay him mm-hmm. probably like same as the Orioles. Well they so, may
2: be able to the Orioles would, may be able to afford it now doesn't mean it'll happen.
1: Yeah. Well what I would if but Cordell, if I was the new owners, the day I took over, the day I had total control and everything, I'm signing Rutchman and Gunner if I can. Mm-hmm. I'm sending a message. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. And if Corbin Burns, you know, if I get the kind of deal that Mike Elias thinks is a good deal for us, I'm gonna sign him too. I'm gonna show Baltimore that there's a new sheriff in town.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's
2: kind of the perk of being a new owner, right? You get to kind of a rich of, new yeah, owner. Yeah, rich new owner. Of course, <laughs> of course. You know, you get to kind of right the wrongs of the last owner. You know, just to show that you're different. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll over the next couple of off seasons. Hopefully we'll be able to tell that there's you know a new person at the head of the table. Let's hear more from Michael Elias. This bullpen is one thing that I think they need to take a look at as well as we get closer to spring spring training, but here's Michael Elias talking about that bullpen and spring training.
5: The bullpen's a little different looking than it was last year and part of that's injuries and part of that's trading. DL Hall, but, you know, we've got good options there and and depth, and that's an area where we've been able to kind of generate guys. And I think Craig Kimball's going to have a nice season for Mm -hmm. us. So we'll see what we can do here uh, next week or so. Spring training is also going to be an opportunity. It always is. Um, You know, we picked up Danny Coulomb at the end of spring training. So we'll just kind of keep doing our – our thing, but if this is uh the, the the team that we see at the first uh workout, then I think it's gonna be a really good team with as good a shot as any to win the American League East. Yeah, and look, I, I
2: completely believe that. I for me, when it comes to the bullpen, I don't think they need a whole overhaul. I would like just one more arm in the bullpen. I know that they're they're optimistic about Dylan Tate, who uh Mike Elias said at his press conference last week when we spoke to him on Zoom that, you know, Dylan Tate is fully healthy right yeah. now. So they, they're they thinking good of him. You heard him mention Craig Kimbrell, who who's here to uh, replace are, the big are, fella. Are
1: you as uh, confident in Kimbrell? Uh,
2: I have no problem with Kimbrell. I think with the ballpark dynamics and the defense that'll be playing behind him, I, I think he'll be fine. You know, they, yeah. they you get to put Cano in that setup role, which I think is a better spot for him. So I, I have no problem. Kimbrell was good last year until he wasn't, you know. So um, I think with what they've been able to do with Any new pitcher that comes into this organization, they've taken them to another level. So I have no reason to think that they won't be able to do that uh, with Craig Kimbrell. Let's hear more from Michael Elias. Obviously, there's a new ownership in place for the Orioles. The Carlisle group group took over, uh, and that's led by David Rubenstein. Um, It hasn't been voted on yet by the league just yet. So I'm pretty sure Michael Elias didn't have a lot to say, but here's what he had to say about new ownership.
5: I don't know too much um, other than to say what I've been saying all along is that I've received excellent support with everything that our group has set out to do from a historically tough spot and overhauling the entire operating model of the franchise on the baseball off side. And I've had sign-off and support for all of it, and it's brought us from that spot to the spot we're in now, and it appears to me that we're going to enjoy – some continuity as whatever we're reading about in the news takes place whenever that is. I think it's gonna be more of this theme of everything going to plan and, and supporting the baseball ops people as they do their work. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's come of it.
2: Look, you listen to Mike Elias and look, he he's gonna he's gonna talk the talk, right? He's gonna be politically yeah. correct. I will say this. He always makes it a mission to say that the Angelos group backs him in whatever decision he he makes, and and that's not a given from ownership. As as much negative as we could talk about with the Angeloses, and I know there's plenty, but there we do have to give them credit for allowing their baseball people to do the baseball work. Vinny, you know as oh, much know. as anybody, oh, yeah. you know what it's like to have an owner that's. Got his hand in the pot that wants to not just be the owner, but he wants to be the GM, the coach, a player if he could.
1: Let me ask you this, Cordell, because well, it sounds like Elias is saying he hadn't talked to the new ownership group. The odds, and you can get it on this too, Norm, the odds that Elias hadn't talked to Rubenstein is what?
2: Oh, Zero? Zero
1: Cordell? Or, I mean, Norm?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they've had to have talked. Right. Hyde as well.
2: Right. Of course, but they can't you know I mean I can't to, say it you yeah, know because can't. It's,
1: it's 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 a done deal but it's not a done deal right. officially that's right. the thing but I'm sure that I mean if I'm the new guy buying my buying the team I want to you know talk to my people and kind of get a feel for them and you know what are what uh, what's your outlook and you know all the you want to get uh, because you he's going to spend more time with Mike Elias than anybody mm-hmm
2: Yeah, and that relationship needs to be strong. And that's why, especially when you get these new owners that want to make an impression and they're ready to spend that money, they like to overstep boundaries if there ever is one for an owner. That's the only concern that I have is that I just hope that these new owners allow Mike Elias and, and Sigma Dale and these guys to continue doing what they've been doing.
1: Normally what happens with owners is, especially you start winning, and they're the rich dudes, mm-hmm. they want to be – well, look at Angelos last year. They start winning and everything. All of a sudden, he's in uh, the suites and all that, right. and he doesn't have squat to do with it.
2: Coming up next here on Vinny and Haney, we'll take one last trip through the fun house uh, and get you ready for inside access as they're taking over at 2 o'clock right here on The Fan.
1: Sports with balls. It's Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan.
2: Vinny and Haney back here on 105.7 The Fan. Cordell Woodland here for Bob Haney. I'll be in for Bob Haney tomorrow as well. <laughs> Sounds like probably a little next week, too. We'll, we'll, have, to yep. play it. we'll have to play it by ear. But uh, here with Vinny Tirado. My guy, Quick Draw McGraw behind the glass. Inside Access, they're coming up after us. But first, let's take one last trip through the funhouse.
1: Quick draws, (laughs) funhouse. The rudeness, tuness, text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake.
0: I like that quick draw.
1: One oh five seven, the fan. Start with this
4: one here. Speaking of the Orioles, Texter says, "Any thoughts on uh, Angelo's trying to sell the naming rights to Oriole Park at Camden Yards before he sold the team?" Uh, I can't imagine calling it anything but Camden Yards, but I guess that's the way sports have gone over the past 20 years or so. Ads on everything.
2: Yeah, I, I saw a little glimpse of that. I, I I didn't read enough into it to really, you know, put together enough information to have a true thought on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, they're always looking for new ways to get money. Uh, I'm not surprised by that. I I like you, even if they change the name, I'm going to call it. You know, Camden Yards It just is what it is, but um, yeah, I mean, I, a, a lot of things have been coming out uh, of things that Angelos was trying to do before the team sold or things that he didn't bring up uh before the team
1: was sold. So, I, I'm not surprised. I, I could see something, Norm, like whatever crab cakes at Camden Yards or you or you know, lays lays potato chips at Camden Yards. So you keep the Camden name, but you get your name on the on the building, right? Well, the, yeah, that would be the ballpark would have the sponsor, I guess. At, yes, at Camden
4: Yards, yes. as I said. That's, also, that's, uh, that's what I would do. Also, I guess exploring some sort of on Jersey advertisement. Well, oh, that's as, all sports yeah, are doing
1: that now. Yeah, so
4: that's probably it's inevitable. coming. Uh, how about Howard in Baltimore says uh, if the Ravens can get back to the AFC Championship game next year, that was a question you guys were asking. My question is, if they don't get back there next year, what does that do for Harbaugh and his job security? What happens if they just make the wild card round, go
1: one and done? Uh, does that heat up the seat for him? I think it depends on how the season goes. I mean, mm-hmm. like this season was a hell of a season. They beat 10 teams by double, 10 good teams by double digits. I mean, they dominated the whole season. That's why everybody's like, gut-wrenched at the end here because everybody's expecting them to go to the Super Bowl. That was, that was the problem. They had a phenomenal year. Harbs and the staff, phenomenal year. It's why coaches and scouts and everybody are getting jobs.
4: This one here from Tony and Arnold says, I believe Lamar checked out of the run plays in all of the RPO situations. He was seeing the Chiefs had a stacked box a lot of the time. Uh, Harbaugh is going to cover for Lamar. Doesn't want to throw him under the bus.
2: I wouldn't even say he covered for him. I mean, it's literally what Harb said at the, at the end of the season press conference, he mentioned the RPOs. Yep. He, he brought up the looks that the chiefs were giving them and stuff like that. So, I mean, he, he's not going to flat out say, yeah, Lamar checked out of every run call that we had. Um, but look, I mean, Lamar is a part of this. I, I, I don't think anybody's absolving Lamar of any type of responsibility for that loss and the responsibility of going away from the run game. Even if you want to talk about him checking out of the run plays, where were the quarterback scrambles? What about the plays that he can control? He can't call now. I don't know if he can call his own number. I don't know if he can go out there and call quarterback power or something like that. But in the past plays where he's got time and they're vacating the middle of the field, that's where Lamar's gotta, you know, take have that mentality of I'll pick up eight yards, nine yards here and there, because he's not, you know, he he breaks out of there. He's going to make something happen.
1: That's what Mahomes did. You know what they it, they acted like that was the first time they'd ever seen that type of defense, yeah. which they're, Spagnola didn't invent, right. you know, so they've seen that defense before, and they've had success against that type of defense before.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just unfortunate. We can bang our heads against the wall. We have been. And we have been <laughs> trying to figure out what happened in that game, and, and, and we still keep coming back to the same end. So that'll yep. do it for us here on Vinny and Haney, another great one in the books. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow for Bob. Really appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate Norm. Great job, as always, and all our guests. Until tomorrow, I'll see you when I see you. Class dismissed.